Today's message has been brought to you by Faith Family Church in Billings, Montana. For more information, visit faithfamilybillings.com. How many want to know a little bit more about grace? You know, we're saved by grace through faith, so it's going to be good today. If you want to go ahead and open in your Bibles, your phones, your tablets, whatever you got, to Galatians chapter 3. I'm going to begin there. We're going to be in Galatians chapter 3. Praise God. Make my screen a little bigger so I can see. We got, we got more legit offering buckets, in case you haven't noticed. <laughs> All right. All right, so how many enjoyed Dale's testimony last week? Praise the Lord. That was so good. I love it. And then uh, in two weeks, uh, we'll be hearing from uh, John Havener. His testimony will be shared in a couple of weeks. I'm excited about that. Galatians chapter 3, verse 1 says, O foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you that you should not obey the truth, before whose eyes Jesus Christ was clearly portrayed among you as crucified. So I want to I say this. My goal this morning in teaching again is that every person watching and every person that's here will go away from the service feeling completely loved and totally at peace with God. And we're in faith about this, right? Another goal that I have is that we learn to rest all of our faith, the weight of our whole person, on the grace of God for us. I sense that the Holy Spirit desires that we gain even greater understanding of God's grace than ever before. We are saved by grace, and he who began a good work in us will complete it as as we keep our confidence or faith in him and in his power. So say it with me. Say, the Lord is the power at work in me. Okay, so uh, a commentary that I read, I was actually reading it this morning, and I quoted, or shared part of it this morning, but I want to share a little bit of it uh, right now too. It's Ironside Commentaries, but it says this, surely every new divine truth given to us should only humble us the more as we realize that we have nothing that we have not received. Apart from divine grace, we would still be in our natural darkness and ignorance. Paul took a very humble position as he went about preaching among the, the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ. So let me, let me ask you something in that statement, because that's a quote from the Scriptures, the unsearchable riches of Christ. Does that mean you can never know any of them? The idea here is that there is so much, it will take you forever to find them all. So how many think they've arrived? there's unsearchable riches of Christ still available to those who were in the greatest spiritual poverty he eloquently proclaimed the availability of inexpressible wow this is so good wealth Paul wanted all men to enjoy the blessings and reality of the fellowship of this mystery in other words by grace through faith by grace through faith we see this. 
So we saw that Paul stated in Galatians 3.1 that the, the, the Galatians had been bewitched. Now, how many know the kind of the history of the Galatians? I know I'm not going to go into a lot of detail, but basically the Galatians were saved by grace through faith. And then some Jewish teachers came along and basically started teaching them that in order to be saved, they needed to do this and this and this and be circumcised and do this and do that and do this and do that. And so Paul is going at them. Actually, historians say Paul's letter to the Galatians is the most mad letter he wrote. Because <laughs> he said, oh, foolish Galatians. And he says it more than, he says foolish more than once. So that would be the equivalent to saying stupid today. Just so you know. That's quite a thought, isn't it? That's quite a reality. In other words, who has, who has bewitched you into thinking? Whom, and he goes on to talk about the, 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 and we'll look at this, but he goes on to talk about how clearly he painted the picture of Christ being crucified in front of them. How could you come to the conclusion that after you saw that and received salvation by grace through faith, that somehow now you're going to earn your favor with God? You cannot earn it. It's by divine grace, amen? Okay, so the grace of God poured out at Calvary freed us from all self-striving so that we may live truly spirit-filled, fruitful lives of freedom and joy. Christ has provided all we need to enter God's family and, his, and has provided all we need to live as God's children by grace through faith. Galatians 2.21 says this, Paul said this, he said, I do not set aside the grace of God for if righteousness comes through the law, then Christ died in vain. Wow, that is a powerful statement. If righteousness comes through the law, then Christ's death is vanity. Whew, that's powerful, isn't it? And I don't want to do that. I don't want to go, I don't want to start acting in such a way to the Lord like, yeah, you know, you maybe didn't do enough with Jesus. That's a thought, isn't it? That's, a, that's an important thought for those that are saved and understand by grace through faith to hang on to. Because it's a reality that we can get into. Well, if I pray enough. Now, that's a, that's a strong statement. If you pray enough, what? Well, if I do enough good works, you're going to outdo Jesus' work. <laughs> that makes sense to me. That hit me about like it hit you. So, then what about good works? Well, all of our good works come from a place of being birthed within us first. They don't come from, in other words, I'm not doing good works to get right with God. I'm doing good works because I'm right with God. Amen. You say, why do you, have to, do you have to go over it like this? Yeah, because there is a strong contention, even in the church, even in, there can, this can happen even in studying Old Testament Jewish rituals. People will go around and start practicing these things. Why? Why? Jesus is the fulfillment. He is the end of the law. Well, I should say the fulfillment of the law. It doesn't, the, the requirements of the law in order for you to have fellowship with God are gone. The requirement now is by grace through faith. 
Now, this is a freeing thought because then you, you, it's not that you're going around looking to make mistakes, but when you do, you know how you got there in the first place so you can go back the same way. Amen. And how many have noticed that the closer you walk to the Lord, the less you do that you shouldn't? <laughs> right? The less that you, maybe it's just me, I don't know. <laughs> I'm doing less than I was before, praise the Lord. By His grace, Amen. And this is why you can have somebody who is absolutely saved but looks just like the world. Amen. Praise the Lord. Come on. you. How many have read Corinthians? <laughs> you think those guys were sanctified? <laughs> they weren't acting it if they were. You know, you, you got issues in your church as far as understanding control of the flesh if you're getting drunk at communion. <laughs> Amen. So Galatians chapter 3, verse 1. Let's look at it. Who has bewitched you? Somebody say, bewitch no more. All right. He says this, O foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you that you should not obey the truth before whose eyes Jesus Christ was clearly portrayed among you as crucified? It was the legalistic Judaizers who had come in after Paul's departure from Galatia to deceive the ignorant Galatians into giving up their freedom in Christ for bondage to a law to which they were never subject. Think about that. They got back into bondage to a law in which they had never been subject to before. Paul previously had a hard time accepting that anyone would be so foolish as to fall for such a thing. He can only assume that these clever Judaizers, with their impressive credentials and shrewd arguments, have managed to mesmerize or bewitch these gullible Galatians by dangling the law in front of them. The crucifixion of Christ was so graphically presented to the Galatians that it was as if the cross was displayed on a billboard before their eyes. Life in the Spirit that's from the Life in the Spirit New Testament commentary. So basically, Paul had presented such a clear depiction of the crucifixion of Christ that he was actually in shock that they would fall for legalism. How many think Paul knew the law? Front to back. He knew it probably better than the Judaizers who were trying to come in and disrupt the message or the gospel of grace. And yet they came in and people, people fell for these things. So foolish means unintelligent or unwise. The word today that we would use is stupid. So the idea of who has bewitched you. The Galatians moved from a place of salvation by grace through faith into legalistic do's and don'ts or works of salvation. Grace gets frustrated in our lives when we take our eyes off of Jesus Christ in his crucifixion. Grace gets frustrated in our lives when we take our eyes off of Jesus Christ and his crucifixion. What was the truth that they were not obeying? They had moved away from the gospel of grace by faith for salvation to the law of works for salvation. They had been what? Duped. Now, if you hear this all the way through, you'll relax in your relationship with the Lord. I'm not saying you won't have passion for him, but how many know that you didn't win over your spouse by uh, laws? Now we're going to meet for one hour on Sunday. 
Our phone calls will be 15 minutes. <laughs> now, when you're in love, what happens? You go, what time did we get on the phone? What time? I got to go. <laughs> I'm late for work, you know, whatever. That's how your relationship with the Lord's supposed to be. That's how your prayer life's supposed to be. You say, how does that happen? You have to stay in grace. Because the seed of salvation won't grow like it should in do's and don'ts. In fact, it won't grow at all. It'll be stifled. You'll be wrapped. You'll be duped by legalism. Before whose eyes, Paul says, Jesus Christ was clearly portrayed as crucified. In other words, Paul was uh, confused as how the Galatians could be deceived into thinking that they needed to obey the law in order to be saved after receiving such a clear message of salvation by grace through faith. A proper presentation of Christ's crucifixion should put away any thought that we could earn our salvation. The truth is maintained in our lives through frequent visitation to the crucifixion of Christ. The truth about by grace through faith is maintained in our lives. Come on, think about this. That's why we take communion. What is it? You know, people call it, it is a place of what? Remembrance. You're going back to where he was beat. You're going back to where he was crucified. You're going back to where the crown of thorns was placed on his head. You're going back to where the nails were put in his hands and in his feet. You're going back to where he was whipped and, and those sores were opened up. You're going back to the Garden of Gethsemane and thinking about him sweating as he did the great drops of blood. You're going back to those things and you're remembering this was by grace through my belief in his act of grace. By grace through faith. I will not be bewitched into thinking. So what was the problem with the Galatians? They have eye trouble. They move their eyes away from the truth to behold a lie. In so doing, they allow themselves to become blinded to the truth. They become so spellbound by the brilliance of the Judaizers and their smooth talk that they fall for their line. They had substituted the law of sin and death for the gospel of grace and life. Isn't that interesting? They had substituted it. And what does Paul do? As a minister, as one who carries the heart of God, he dives into the middle of it and goes, whoa, 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 how come we got stupid all of a sudden? Where is the spirit of stupid coming from? And then he goes, I know. It's a religious spirit. It's a legalist spirit. Verse 2, this only I want to learn from you. Did you receive the Spirit by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith? Wow, he wants to learn what? Paul, by the Holy Spirit, is taking their minds back to how they were saved. I want to learn this from you. And then he goes on to say this, did you receive the Spirit by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith? This is an important question for all believers to ask themselves as they are maturing in the Lord. The way you receive the Spirit is the way you will continue in the Spirit. Glory to God. The way you receive the Spirit is the way that you will continue in the Spirit. By grace through faith. So did you earn the Holy Ghost? Did you earn new birth? Did you earn? No. And you won't earn your growth either. You'll fellowship your growth. 
You'll fellowship. Your, watch this. This is so good. How many love the word of God? I love the word. I mean, I love the gifts of the Spirit and stuff too, but man, I, I'd just as soon read the word than eat a steak. <laughs> it feeds you. This is an important question for all believers to ask themselves as they're maturing in the Lord. How did I receive the Spirit? This is a marker. Am I into works now? Or do I actually have fellowship with the Lord? Am I just getting up to pray because I have to? Because I think God's going to be mad at me if I don't? How, how, how much warm and fuzzies were you giving God before you were saved? How did you earn your salvation in the first place? We didn't. Why did we receive Jesus? Because we saw his love and we fell in love with him. Just like a mother will smile her baby into smiling, the Lord loves us into loving. Right? In other words, he did what? He demonstrated through his goodness, he led us to what? It's the goodness of God that leads men to Repentance. And that goodness, that relationship with the Lord, that fellowship with the Lord has to continue in order for us to grow with him, amen? In order to us, relationships will always be stifled when there's distance. The way you receive the Spirit is the same way you will continue in the Spirit. You did not follow law to receive him and you cannot follow law to grow in him. Our covenant with God is by grace our covenant with God by grace is increased by our constant humbling ourselves to Him. Proverbs 3.34 says, Surely He scorns the scornful, but He gives grace to the humble. James 4.6 says, But He gives more grace, therefore He says, God resists the proud, but gives grace to the what? The humble. 1 Peter 5.5 says, Likewise, you younger people, submit yourselves to your elders. We could teach on that, but we won't. Yes, all of you be submissive to one another and be clothed with humility. For God resists the what? Proud, but gives grace to the humble. Humble means a low degree or state, not rising from the ground. In other words, what, we need, what needs to be understood here is that this idea of being humble is not self-loathing. It is submitting your understanding of yourself and ability to, to God in all aspects. So in respect to salvation, it is having the understanding that the way I entered into my relationship with God will be the way that I grow in it, by faith in His grace. The Galatians had moved away from this and are now thinking they can earn salvation through works because of false teaching. Thinking that I can be saved by works is what? Prideful. Amen. In other words, I couldn't get there in the first place and I can't maintain my salvation through works. I maintain, or I, I don't even like that word, I grow in my salvation through fellowship. Paul is not speaking of the baptism of the Spirit. He's talking about when they receive the Holy Spirit in the new birth. Listen to this. The beautiful thing about grace is that it is operative only in relationship. It operates in a genuine heart toward the Lord. Law or works can be performed in robotic obedience. We are saved by grace through faith. If you take certain parts of this verse, and you can see this, you get the answer to the question. So the question at the beginning was what? 
Did you receive the Spirit by works of the law or by what? The hearing of faith. So how do you receive the Spirit? By the hearing of the hearing of faith. So the beautiful thing about grace is what? It is only operative, it is only operative in what? Relationship. So I don't read my Bible because I have to. I read it because I want to. I don't pray because I have to. I pray because I want to. Why? Because his nature's in me. His nature's in you. People say, well, sometimes it doesn't feel like it. Well, get out of your feel. And get into your heart. (laughs) Right? In other words, the same way you entered is the same way you'll grow. Now watch this. I want you to see this. Let's, um, Paul says this, verse 3. Are you so foolish having begun in the spirit? Are you now being made perfect by the flesh? What's the answer? Are you now being made perfect by the flesh? Am I being made perfect by the flesh? Am I being made perfect by works? No, I'm being made perfect by grace through faith. Now, we know that faith has an impact on the flesh. But what word does Paul use here again? Foolish. Are you so foolish, having begun in the Spirit, are you now being made perfect in the flesh? Now, I want to... I want you to, if you've been coming to Wednesday nights, you know this. But Paul made this statement, and this is this same word. The word begun means beginning. And it's the same word that's used in Philippians where Paul said, He who begun a good work in you, what? Will, he'll complete it. So say it with me. I am in the process of completion. Now this is going to take faith on your part. You're going to have to believe what God said about you, especially if you have a a religiously minded background. If you were raised in some sort of strict religious kind of thinking, you're going to have to fight for this because the enemy does not want you to see grace. He doesn't want you to understand it. He doesn't want you to live in it. He wants you to get back under works. Well, the Lord is not answering your prayer because you have not done enough of this, this, and this. Well, how many things were you doing when Jesus came? How many actions were you doing where God said, Wow, Michael, look how good the people have been lately. God is not Santa Claus. He doesn't have a coal section. <laughs> Michael's like, I know, Lord, I've been keeping tab. You, you could probably send Jesus now. They've been pretty good for a while. Don't you love Holy Ghost illustrations? You, <clears throat> you say, is that scriptural? Yes. Look how nice the people are being to each other. Let's go visit them. Now, Jesus came knowing that we would murder him. 
Jesus was not in heaven going, well, maybe they won't. You know, maybe we don't need a second coming. Maybe we can just have a first one. <laughs> nope, none of that, right? Because covenant was not established under law, guys. It was established on grace with Abraham before law ever existed. You cannot earn your salvation. Well, I, I, if I don't go to church this many times, listen, if you're, if you're going to church so many times to get to heaven, when's, how, when's enough? I don't come to church because I have, I'm trying to make heaven. I come to church because I love the Lord and I love you. And he said to do it. And I know that out of that, listen, if I don't come, God still loves me. I'm just going to shorten my life. And yes, people say, well, because God's going to get mad at you. No, it's because if it's raining and I leave the umbrella. Okay. So. <laughs> let me show you how grace works and we'll stop here. Mark 4, verse 26. Mark chapter 4, verse number 26. The Lord showed me this and we may pick up here uh, in a couple weeks at this same spot because I, I feel like we need to take some time here. How many of this, this fights with religious thinking in you? It, how, many, how many it makes you think, you're like, okay, am I doing this? Am I living like this? Okay? Now, I don't want you to question your salvation. If you believe Jesus is the Son of God, you're saved. But I will say this, if you're trying to grow spiritually through law, you are frustrated. Because <laughs> you can't do it. It's impossible. It's impossible. Grace will, understanding grace will bring such a level of faith and expectation to you that couldn't come any other way. It's not that you shouldn't understand that there's wrong, that there's sin, none of that. That's not what we're saying. We know that sin is horrible because of the price that had to be paid for it. But what I am saying is that we should focus on the fact that Jesus accomplished what he did for us and our faith in that is what gives us access to him. So if I come to the throne by any other reason except for the blood and body of Jesus Christ, then it's like a wall is there in my thinking. And I frustrate the grace of God. Mark chapter 4 verse 26 through 29 says this. Jesus said, and he said the kingdom of God is if a man should scatter seed on the ground and should sleep by night and rise by day and the seed should sprout and grow. He himself does not know how. Does he know how the seed grows? He doesn't. For the earth yields crops by itself. First the blade, then the head. After that the full grain in the head. But when the grain ripens, immediately he puts in the sickle because the harvest has come. You need to think of your relationship with the Lord and your salvation like tending seed. Not like being the seed. You're in relationship. Think of your relationship with the Lord in terms of cultivating and taking care of the ground. Watch this now. Verse number 27 again. And should sleep and rest by night and rise by day, and the seed should sprout and grow, but he himself was, does not know what. He doesn't know how. 
The man scattered the seed though, right? Did the man make the seed? And he puts the seed in the ground. And then he waters the seed. And then what does the seed do? Because what? Because the man did everything just right legally to make it grow. No, he tends the ground. He waters the ground. He makes sure rocks stay out. But what is within the seed? The power to grow. What is grace? Grace in you is the power to mature you. You just by faith need to water and keep the rocks out, the birds away, keep the weeds out. You say, how do I do that? You just keep the things out of the enemy, out of your life. You keep them away from you. And as you water that seed of grace, what takes place? It grows. Now watch this. You're not even watering it with your water. Did the farmer make the water? Did he make the ground? Did he make the seed? (laughs) Did he make all those things? Did the farmer do it? No, but God did, right? Did the farmer make himself? (laughs) So how's he doing it? By grace through faith. Say it with me. I grow by grace through faith. Say this with me. Say, my whole trust is in Christ and him crucified. The seed is growing in me. Oh, yeah, it is. People say, oh, no, I know you. I know how you used to be. The enemy will come to you and go, yeah, if the seed's growing so much, why were you so mad yesterday? You say, because I yielded to you, moron. (laughs) It's okay to call the devil a moron, okay? It's all right. You can do that. I give you permission. (laughs) But see, you'll never conquer the temper if you don't approach the, uh, the, the battle by grace through Because Jesus conquered temper for you. (laughs) What are we doing? I'm just drawing on the power in the seed. That's all I'm doing. I'm just drawing on the power in the seed. You say, well, this is different. I know, I can feel we're plowing through some things. But that's all right, because you're going to grow spiritually. It's almost, I don't want to use that word, but it almost feels like, you know, you're growing, you're developing in the Lord, and it almost feels like effortless. When you, the more you understand this, you realize there is nothing of the enemy that has not already been defeated in Christ. And if I, by faith, tap His grace, I will become to the enemy as Jesus was to the enemy. In other words, I will gain victory over him because of the victory that Jesus purchased for me. And this is totally counterintuitive to all natural thinking. Because natural thinking says, I gotta be the seed. I gotta be, I gotta see the seed. I am the seed. Now grow. I'm gonna grow. I gotta break through the dirt. And (laughs) right? 
I'm going to get out. I'm going to do it. I've, I pulled myself up by the bootstraps. I jumped out of the goo. I grew legs. I kicked my tail off. I made it to the zoo. And now I'm a free man. (laughs) Say it with me I'm saved saved. and growing growing. by grace grace. through faith. faith. Say it with me I trust you, Jesus. Thank you for working in me. Now you're going to have to fight these thoughts off that are going to come to you. People say, but what if I make a mistake? Repent. Come boldly to the throne. Guys, you didn't earn your right in. You can't earn your right to stay. Right? I mean, this will make you insanely happy if you get it. And you will sin less. You'll have less flesh when you understand empowerment in you. Paul said, I can do all things through the law that strengthens me. (laughs) Through what? Christ that strengthens me. Stand with me, please. You're listening well, and i got to stop. All right. What are we doing? We can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. We've watered the seed. The seed is growing. Don't dig it up. Don't dig it up. Amen? Hallelujah. Praise God. Thank you for taking the time to listen today. If you would like more information about Faith Family Church, including service times and location, visit faithfamilybillings.com.